Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled, In the Silence of the Heart, God Speaks. You are listening to part two of this podcast. If someone comes to love adoration, Mm -hmm. they're going to be drawn to go to Mass as often as possible. Because to sit in front of our Lord and to not receive Him would be craziness. Right. And God willing, it's also in reverse. But to the same point with Mass, you talk about um, the communal aspect. Sometimes Mass can just be... Uh, you and I talked about this before today. Uh, it can it can be a little easier. Mm-hmm. Adoration, in your work. words, is hard work. Yeah. And to that point, too, you talk about the encounter. Mm-hmm. You look at our Lord in the Gospels. You think about the woman at the well. This is a woman, you know, who's a, a Samaritan, I believe. And she is mm-hmm. the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And our Lord does not encounter her in community. It's not with all of the apostles surrounding him. No, he tells them to go on and he stays at the well by himself. Of course, Jesus knew she would be there and he encounters her there alone. There was purpose to that. There's no judgment coming from Jesus, no condemnation. It was an opportunity for this woman to let the Lord speak to her Mm -hmm. in a way that wouldn't have happened had all of those people been around. Somebody would have messed it up. God knows if I had been there, I would have messed it up. And so he allows for that encounter to be Mm one-on-one because he's the only one who can truly speak to our hearts in the way that we need to be spoken to. Now, that's not to say he doesn't use human beings to speak to us. Of course he does. But we're broken. And he's the only one who's not broken. He's perfect. He is love. And as 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. And we have to remember that. And so to your point, she's not saying that mass is is secondary to adoration. And if she is, we'll uh, get a priest to slap her wrist or, or I'll slap her wrist. What she's saying is that they're both vital and adoration has the power to heal, <laughs> yes. as does the Mass. So, brothers and sisters, it's not an either-or, it's a both. Pick up both and watch your life be changed. Um, the next thing I want to say is, do you have any practical tips? So let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, they're really inspired tomorrow to, to go to adoration. Okay. And yet... The last time they were there, or or maybe even just personal prayer. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters, if you don't have an adoration chapel around, don't let that be your reason for not praying. Mm-hmm. Pray in your room. Go to the local church if it's unlocked. Sit before our Lord in the tabernacle. I'm not trying to tell you that it should only be when he's exposed. If that's possible, great. Exposition is beautiful. But believe me when I say... You can pray in other places. So somebody wants to pray tomorrow. They're going to even get up 30 minutes early. Mm-hmm. What are your practical mm-hmm. tips? How do they get there? And how do they get to the point where you are, mm-hmm. where you're enamored 
by it and you desire it in such a real way. Mm-hmm. Um, this can be applied to personal prayer too, but some of it will just be for adoration. Like when you go and when you walk into adoration, I think that you should go right up to the front, like front as you can get. So it's like you just, because I think a lot of times, especially when you're just starting out, I experience, you can be so focused on what's going around, what's going on around you, what other people are doing. Are they reading? Are they praying the rosary? When you go up to the front row or as front, as far up as you can get, it's just you and Christ. And there is nothing like the feeling of just being that close. Um, Another thing that I've found super helpful is there can be that tendency to do your double double knee genuflect and then just scurry into the pew. But kneel there for a while before you, before you scurry into the pew. And um, I like to just invite the Holy Spirit into whatever length of time I'm praying, whether it's an hour or so on, um, and just say, come Holy Spirit, come now, come as you wish. Lord, make me humble. Um, if you invite the Holy Spirit and invite um, and ask the Lord to make you humble, then I think that those are when the most fruitful fruitful prayer comes, when we're humble and when, when we're just accepting whatever he's willing to give us. Um, I, I usually start personal prayer or adoration with, I pray the liturgy of the hours, Um, but any sort of, it can be hard. Um, I, I especially experienced in the beginning when I first started committing to personal prayer that the things that I, that I allowed into my brain, the images and the bad music and so on would just like attack me in those first 15 minutes or those first 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden my mind is filled with this, um, bad stuff, you know, and then I, I squirm and I would want to leave. Um, so doing some sort, if, if that's a struggle, doing some sort of, whether it's spiritual reading or reading from the Bible, from scripture, um, allow that kind of allows your thoughts to be wrapped in that as you begin your personal prayer or your holy hour. And um, you can work up to it. I've worked up to it in, I guess, three years of, of daily holy hours, but it can at least just giving some amount of minutes to just sitting silently and listening, whether it's five minutes and then you can work up to 15 or, or 60 or so on. But um, it takes a lot of... It, it's hard to sit there silently and listen because our minds are going a mile a minute on any given day. But um, when you do... It's incredible, and God speaks to you, and it's not, it's challenging, but it's, it's amazing, and um, yeah, uh, other things I like to do are pray the litany of humility in the beginning of my holy hour, and end my holy hour with the litany of trust, um, to begin it with in a place of um, humbling yourself in front of the Lord, and then ending it with um, a devotion of um, a sentiment of trust that you trust whatever God revealed to you in that hour, whether it was hard, whether it was painful, whether it was beautiful, whether it was consoling, you trust that the Lord put it on your heart for a reason. And I think that's it. Those are my practical tips. It's, I mean, the sleepiness is really tough, especially for me. I get really sleepy during adoration. 
but it's just it's like can't that's, confirm <laughs> that's that's the beauty of making it a daily thing and not just every once in a while because it's just the ebb and flow of your prayer one day you're going to be sleepy and one day you're going to be on fire and just like you know I can't think of what I'm trying to say. But some days are going to be great and some days aren't. But when you commit to it, it just is natural. It's like any relationship in your life. Some days are. Um, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Never mind. And, and I would say to what Christine's saying is... Yeah, clear it up. No, I mean, I think everything you said was beautiful. I think the reality, though, brothers and sisters, that we have to remember is each and every one of us, our time in prayer is going to look different. Mm-hmm. Um, how God speaks to us is different. I think the key thing here is um, we do have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to stretch ourselves. We have to be willing to let him do the talking. Mm-hmm. I had a, uh, a buddy of mine one time describing to me his prayer time, and he said that he just couldn't sit in silence, so he would listen to his iPod. I'm not saying that this isn't good and beautiful, brothers and sisters, but as our Lord says, I will show you a more perfect way. I, I do think, and I say this in humility, that Being in silence is better than, than being there with noise. I, <clears throat> I think maybe sometimes we have to start with spiritual reading. We have to start with this, that, the other, of course. But there does come a time where we have to just pause and just say, Lord, speak. I know my holy hours, when they are most fruitful, and even when they're not fruitful, uh, I I find myself just called to listen. And I'm a journaler, so a lot of times I just write things down. And yes, sometimes it's very obsolete and unimportant things that are going into my journal, or... You know, it looks like the journal of a 16-year-old girl. But other times, it's him speaking to me and me writing what he said to me down. Speaking to my heart. And and brothers and sisters, we know when he's speaking to us because he's a God who affirms our goodness and our beauty. God's not telling you what you didn't do, what you aren't capable of. He's telling you what you are. And when he speaks to us in that regard, he just wants us to listen. Mm-hmm. And it, other times, you've all heard, well, maybe you haven't, but most of you probably have heard the sentiment. Um, I think it was, there was a, uh, a French farmer who was asked, you know, he went to adoration every day, and he said, what do you do? You don't bring anything, you just sit there and kneel. And he said, I look at him, and he looks at me, and that's enough. Brothers and sisters, that's what he wants from us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And, you know, practicals for prayer, it's going to look different for every person. But 
being there, showing up, actually is half the battle, if not more. Mm-hmm. Because if you show up, then you're inviting him in to do something. And I promise you, he's going to do something. I think my next question for you, Christine, unless you have something to say from what I just said, is do you have any favorite prayers that you just, I mean, I think you mentioned it mm-hmm. with, with the office. Mm-hmm. Um, any prayers that you find for someone who's at home saying, man, if I just had, you know, a regiment, mm-hmm. um, if not in a holy hour, even just at home, <laughs> what is that? The liturgy of the hours are incredible, but some people... She's on the verge of tears thinking about the <laughs> liturgy of the hours. I See, I would see people pray them at Franciscan, and I was like, huh, that seems like a lot of work. But then it wasn't until I lived in community in Belize on mission that I started um, praying them and seeing their beauty. The hours are great because you can get them on your phone, and they bring a sense of routine and prayer to your day, prayerfulness to your day because there's morning prayer, there's midday prayer, there's evening prayer, there's night prayer. You don't have to say all of them. You could say two of them. You could say one of them, but they're beautiful. Um, I like litanies a lot because I think that um, you're praying this litany that someone else created and or wrote and it's speaking directly to your to your insecurities and your worries and your doubts and your fears and you're proclaiming to them to the Lord and also to Satan and saying like deliver me Jesus from these things like bring me to holiness I love litanies for that reason um the rosary changed my life as well I never had a devotion to Mary um until I went to Belize um we always prayed the rosary in the car when I was younger but we never spoke of a devotion to Mary and I didn't have one. And I just kind of saw her as this pedestal woman of purity and of humility and of um, surrender to God's will. And I couldn't relate. Um, but now, consecrating myself to Mary every morning, consecrating my day, my action, my will, my thought, um, has changed my life. And asking her to wrap every, every portion of my day and my and my soul in her mantle and purify it and and give it to our Lord on my behalf is like breathtaking and and life-changing. So the rosary is beautiful in that way. And just um, a consecrating your day to Mary is huge um, in the morning. I think morning prayer is important just because it it sets the tone for the day. And the last thing I'll say that's kind of changed changed my life this year is that I started making a good examination of conscience at night. So just examining the day, when when did I pull close to Jesus and when did I pull away from, from Jesus in my day? And that that sets you up pretty, pretty well for the next day and for doing better. And I didn't do it for a long time because it was hard, because it's squirmy to see the ways that you failed. But yeah, she had some popcorn sins, <laughs> she was really struggling with her popcorn sins. And then the next day, you're filled with, like, resolution, and then your consecration becomes all the, all the sweeter. And, um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I encourage those two things, and especially, like, 
I was thinking about it's the luminous mysteries today. So the wedding piece at Cana, I was thinking about, and just the fact that that the Mary, all that Mary does is well, she does so much, but she tells him to fill the jars with water, which is you know kind of the ordinary part of the task of the miracle. She says fill the jars with water. But if she hadn't done that, then the miracle wouldn't have taken place. So it's about disposing ourselves and and setting ourselves up, filling up our jars with water so that Christ can make the miracle happen in us in a new way each day. And Mary is the Mary is the way to do that. So that first act of consecration um, and continual surrender is are my go-tos. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think to my second what she said, and especially I, to the rosary aspect, I mean, making Mary a part of your life is it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then to, to, to that point, um, you know, as, as you hear, I, I guess for some of you, maybe you're like me and you're not, you're not that holy. And you hear Christine and you're like, man, oh my, this person's really holy. How am I, I ever going to get to there? Um, just know it's, it's not a comparison. So, you know, I, I'm so thankful for Christine's friendship in my life because the inspiration of her holiness, it inspires me every day to be a better person. Um, so when you're looking at prayer life, think about the people in your life that are inspiring and don't compare yourself as much as instead say, Lord, help me to be more like them, but at the same time, look at the the litany of humility that others may be holier than I, mm-hmm. provided that I be as holy as I should. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of my favorite lines of that litany of humility because it allows for me not to settle, but to understand I have graces that have been given to me, and as long as I'm operating out of that, to the best of my ability, God is happy to see the work that I'm attempting to do. Yeah. Amen. Can I say something? Of course. Listen, if I, I do think that, um, speaking to what what you were saying before, if I, if half the people that knew me in high school or college, if, if I told them that, or when they hear that I'm discerning religious life, they will probably laugh because I just had this kind of like icy exterior and I wasn't committed to prayer. And yeah, the to- you just have to believe that like the total transformation is possible and that, um, and that, yeah, that the transformation is possible because Christ will make it possible. And there was something else I was going to say. Keep going, and then I'll come back to it. Well, I, I think, too, uh, something that hit me today as I was in prayer um, is for all of us, brothers and sisters, it's great to listen to this talk. It's great to have these desires for holiness that I, you, Christine, that we all have. Um, but we have to act on those. I, the the thought mm-hmm. that came to me today is someone can throw us a raft. Jesus throws us a raft, but that, that doesn't guarantee our safety. We have to grab on. Prayer 
is that raft, brothers and sisters. God is throwing this out to us saying, look, in prayer, you'll come to know yourself better. You'll come to know me better. Mm -hmm. You'll come to be covered in my mercy and love and truth and goodness. You'll come to see the plan I have set for you, but the only way you come to this is if you grab a hold of what I'm throwing in front of you. We can let noise distract us. We can let noise take over. We can let noise change who we are. We can let it affect our day-to-day. And God's sitting there saying, why don't you enter into my silence instead? Because our culture is one of division. It's one of brokenness. Turn on the news, brothers and sisters, and all you see is the terrible things going on in our world. And God's not saying that we shouldn't care about all those things. Of course we should. But it's about perspective. We need to remember that the war has already been won. Through Jesus' death, and resurrection, he conquered sin. And so because of that, we need to remember that he will win and he triumphs. And so we are called to be docile to his spirit. We're called to spend our time here on earth, bettering the kingdom of heaven, bringing others closer to him, winning souls, and then in the end, Being able to say, Lord, I did what I could. And he's going to do the rest. So when you see that raft, brothers and sisters, long story long, grab it. He wants you to. And he threw it out there for a reason. Hmm. Did you remember after my long... Yes, I was thinking about In Chosen, this TV series that everybody's loving right now and that everybody should watch. Mary Magdalene says, Mary Magdalene is, is Christ, like, heals her and heals her from her sin. And um, she's, like, so, they do such a good job of portraying how different she is and how light and, and happy and joyful and, oh, just different she is. And it made me think of myself. Um, and it made me just rejoice in the fact that he can do that. And then she says, she's, like, someone's asking her for an explanation, and she says, I was one way and now I am completely different and what happened in between was him. And um, Say that again, please. I I was one way and now I am completely different and what happened in between was him. And that's like a perfect testimony to my my life right now in the past five years. Um, I was one way, I was fearful and I was afraid of surrender and clutching onto um, the comfort of, of sin and lukewarm faith. And after committing to encounter with him every day, I am, I am completely different. And I am more joyful than I've ever been. And I am, I am more fulfilled. And I am completely different. That's what I remembered. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered it. It's beautiful. It is very beautiful. So, I, I think, brothers and sisters, that I could talk to you about this forever, and I'm sure this will not be 
this will be the first of many um, podcasts that will speak to this, speak to the importance of silence, the importance of prayer. Um, now, I guess I kind of want to just say to you, Christine, is there any final things on this topic for this for this hour that you kind of think, oh man, I can't believe I forgot to mention this? Yes. Um, I think that one thing that I would say is silence is very important, but silence is is just the absence of noise. So the way that you... Um, it's important what kind of, if you're, if you're looking to commit to silence and to um, encounter in prayer in that silence, you have to be vigilant over the music you're listening to, the television you're watching, the social media you're following. Um, and, make, and by being vigilant over those things, you're making those times of silence places where God can, more free, can enter in or where your heart, he'll enter in regardless, but where your heart is, is um, more receptive and, and, and able to listen. So um, just I encourage you to be, to be vigilant about those things, what you're filling your mind with, what you're filling um, you know, your, heart, your heart with. Make sure, that, make sure that when you come into that silence, don't let him come to the hotel of your heart and hear that there's no room. Um, there's no room for him there. Prepare, prepare a stable of humility. Fill the manger of your heart with, with straw of desire and and unworthiness, but of humility. And and he'll come and he'll rest there. You just need to invite him in. It doesn't matter if you feel that your your heart is messy or unworthy. He was born in a stable, and he'll be born in you if you invite him, if you invite him in. Well, I'd say that that is a pretty good uh, finishing point. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I have to say is do it, brothers and sisters. Commit. Do it. Give it a try. I uh, I was talking to Christine a few weeks ago, and she was <laughs> considering paying people to go to Listen, adoration. I reformed my offer. Instead of paying someone... $50 to go to adoration five times a week. I will either pay you or donate to a place of your choice or a church of your choice if you go five days a week. So you can follow Christine on Instagram after Unders- this. <laughs> no, don't say your underscore. Let's, you can follow her, and if uh, if you're looking for some money as you start to pray, she's ready to shell it I'm out. I'm just before. talking about incentive. Sometimes it takes incentive, you know? I know, I'm just teasing. And then if you go for five days in a row, you, I am convinced you will need to keep going back. So that's my plug. I think so. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, to to that point, I just think that it's all about giving the Lord a chance to work Mm -hmm. in your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And to that point, the only other thing I'll say is um, be aware that there might be things stopping you. And you need to address those as well. So if you're not feeling really like called to go do a holy hour mm-hmm. or to pray or to be with our Lord in that way or even to go to Mass, ask yourself why. And there's probably something that's stopping you. And it's probably your own brokenness. 
And it's probably something, no, it's not just probably, it's definitely something God can redeem. Mm -hmm. So go to his mercy, go to confession, and then get into that chapel and get the game going because he's ready. But now, that is all we'll say on this topic. Now I'm going to finish with my two Gotta Be Saints follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. Christine, what is your Mount Rushmore of saints. Well, St. Therese's story of a soul was big, life-changing for me. I like the little way, especially because I'm not very humble, but I try to be, so St. Therese is big for me. Um, St. Alphonsus Liguori is just very focused on, um, <laughs> just like, he, he's hardcore, you know, I appreciate his hardcoreness so much. He is focused on judgment and death and eternity, and it is so good to read him and to be reminded um, that death is sure and that Christ is, Christ is, sin is the curse and Christ is the cure. I read that on a bumper sticker today, so. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your bumper sticker knowledge. You are filled thinking, with one-liners. I was thinking I want to be one of those people who have all those bumper stickers on my car. But anyway, Blessed Solanus Casey is a big one for me. Um, he was just beatified, and he says, thank God ahead of time. And, oh, I love that. And I, I've been trying to do that more, especially with preparing to, um, to go to the convent and see... And that's just filled with, can be filled with so much fear and doubt. Just thanking God ahead of time, like, God, I thank you that I'm going to discern well in these next four months and that you're going to show me what your will for my life is. Just takes away those feelings of, of doubt and of fear and then just places complete trust in him and, and, and what he's made us and how he created us. And, oh, I love, his quotes are amazing. Just look up Solanus Casey quotes. And St. Agnes, a wonderful one. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That's what I got right Those are some good ones. <laughs> Thank you for that. <clears throat> my, uh, <laughs> my last question for you uh -huh. is, so one day when you are St. Christine Rice, uh -huh. St. Christine Marie Rice, uh -huh. what are you going to be the patron saint of? I was thinking about this, and I think that it's... Um, spiritual motherhood, if that's possible. Because the biggest complaint about everyone in my life discerning religious life is that I'm so good with kids and that don't I want to have She's children. really not good with so kids. I'm so, so good with kids, seriously. It's like, it's ridiculous how good I am with children. But I... Um, Terrible. And that is, that is a huge sacrifice. And I'm like, yes, I know. When people say this to me, yes, of course I want to have kids. But I've been diving into this idea of spiritual motherhood and, and of bringing Christ into the world in every moment and every, and every conversation and every um, smile and every goofy encounter and every laugh, like just this, this idea of spiritual motherhood and of bringing Christ into the world and what the, the profoundness of that. Prof yeah, that's a word. Um, and then after that, maybe like Diet Coke. Mm. <laughs> I was going to, you know, I thought you were going to say Trulies, but that's fine. 
but only the uh, tropical <coughs> pack. Yeah, you know, I was saying, so obviously in the convent, there's no drinking, but I was thinking I could probably just, they probably don't know about spike seltzers. Like you could probably, probably sneak out. Probably I believe in you. Sneak them in, you know? No, I'm kidding. But yeah. I'll, I'll send you a, a shipment and they'll get it and <laughs> they'll get some care package and it's just alcohol. <laughs> well, thank you, Christine, mm-hmm. for taking this time to be um, just so vulnerable and share your insights mm-hmm. and the ways that the Lord has worked in your life. Um, for all of those listening to this, I invite pray you. Pray for me. I literally was about to ask them to pray for Please you. Please pray for me. I think I need to make that a plug every single Please time. Please pray for me. Pray for her. She'll pray for you. I will. And um, today's episode, as you might know, yesterday I said it's, I can't make fakes, or last time I said I will not make fake sponsors. Um, I'm just going to now start plugging things that don't have a brand next to them. So oh. today's episode is sponsored by Riesling Wine, which I was drinking um seltzer spike Mm -hmm. seltzer um the neighbor upstairs making noises and loud motorcycles so we got we got four sponsors today Mm -hmm. but thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a wonderful night and god bless